Hi, Jeremy. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, hey, happy hey. birthday. Thank you. Well, it was yesterday. Good enough. I yeah. mean, it's not going to be when you're when anyone's listening to this. <laughs> no, no, but uh, it it was funny. We, uh, you remember the park by the water near us? Yeah, I love that. It's beautiful. Yeah. And so Christina bought these camping chairs, and we invited a bunch of people for picnic. And uh, we've lived here for almost two years, but we never sat there for that long and under the tree. And it's like, wow, this is great. So we'll oh, be doing yeah. that a lot more. Yeah. You know, you always see like kind of these professional tourists, or sometimes it's old people, and they have like these portable chairs. Yeah, they're great. They, they figured we had out. heavier chairs, and then we never brought them. But uh, yeah. yeah, but there's it reminded me. The Silicon Valley, the the comedy show, is a character who has a built-in chair built into his pants, and then if he kind <laughs> yeah. of squats, the thing extends automatically. Yeah. And yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not that. But. Yeah, um, technology will save us. But doing a birthday outdoors, like you're lucky to be a summertime birthday. I am as well. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's yeah. always strawberry season with my birthday. Yeah. Especially amid so much disappointment. Though I guess things aren't that disappointing. I'm just bummed today. Back to oh, our, our roots as a podcast uh, that talks about technology. There, there's no uh, no MacBook Pro. <laughs> no MacBook oh, Pro. Oh yeah, the keynote today was a bit lame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so I still oh, have a broken keyboard. I I, I think uh, this waiting for the ultimate laptop. Then you're always going to wait because they they're going to release the MacBook Pro and then there's going to be a rumor. Oh, they're going to do the MacBook. Pro Pro in three months and it'll have a magic yeah, in it. And, no, yeah. uh, no, you're off base on this one. <laughs> this is like, a, I always wait for the super cycle and you're right. I shouldn't. I sh- Why don't I just buy a laptop every year and trade in the other one and maybe I lose like a hundred bucks on the deal or something. But Yeah, um, th- there must be, th- there's a, there's body dysmorphia where you have a very different picture of yourself than the way you actually look or the way your physique is. Mm-hmm. With anorexia and all kinds of, I mean, that's much more severe. But sure. there's also f- f- financial dysmorphia where you might be like, oh, I want to invest. I'm going to buy a holiday property where I actually only spend two weeks of the year, but I can't afford this new laptop that I use 20 hours a day. Mm. Like that, that to me know. is there's hilarious. Like gar- there's a yeah. garbage chute in my building, like just across the door from me, and I could just toss a bag of money down there. <laughs> <laughs> and I like think it's more of a fear of throwing something down but the drain, you know. I know. I, I think I think you're so far illogical that I cannot reach you. <laughs> I guess so. I know our listeners. I mean, let, know, let, let's put it this way: if you had an employee, you had a, a studio, like or an art studio, and you had three employees, and one of the employees refused to have a desk, had an old computer, and was always behind with renders, and was afraid to start projects because <laughs> his computer always starts smoking. You're like, you need a good work setup, and that will pay no, itself. You gotta wait. You gotta wait for the new laptops. <laughs> this company. Are you? Are you? Would you be a stingy boss? Yeah, exactly. We're like the company growth strategy is relying on Apple's <laughs> release schedule. <laughs> it's just everyone I know. Like I understand how hard it is, especially if you're still in school. And I, I've been there, and you have to borrow money to buy a computer and all that stuff. I understand. Mm. But you're in a different position. You're right. You're right. I, Your computer's fact, tax deductible. It's insane that you don't have a good setup, and it's holding you back. It's the only the only reason is it's so close. And then the, I was going to buy the la, the 16 inch last year, 
just like a little bit of well that know, made like, sense that you didn't because there was the rumor of the new process then they said yeah then they're like yeah. we're gonna update it all within a year right so here but we the, are the secret i think the secret you're missing is that the m1 is a pro chip yeah but it's the their graphics cores it's in the there. ipad pro so that makes it pro <laughs> i bought one of those for my mom actually yeah, this is my point. You have financial <laughs> dysmorphia. You're like, Mom, you need a really fast iPad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't need it. Yeah, yeah. I also bought one for the club where I had no, a show No, but to our listeners, <laughs> like, I, I, to all our listeners, I know how hard it is to make a living. And I know it really sucks when you're on an old computer and the hard drive is too small and you're like, you can't afford to get external hard disks and you're in trouble. And I, I understand. But Jeremy is simply in a different position. His stupid boss won't buy him a new computer, and he won't buy a new computer <laughs> himself. And he really needs it because he's got to make some more NFTs. I guess I yeah. I mean, it's the it's the sixteen inch thing. Like I have I to have a, a laptop. I, I, no, no. Screen. Think of your persona. You're, you, <laughs> like you haven't done performance in a while, but you're supposed to be the guy who's excited about technology. And I am excited. Just, I, you know how disappointed I was today. I know, but like. <laughs> Yeah. Also, let's you're go. Just holding yourself back. We should like, talk why, about. Yeah. Why don't you have seven phones? Like, if you're that guy, the character, you should have all the new. I phones did. Like, I bought seven phones this year, but I gave. I know, them to and they artists. should all be attached to a helmet. You should walk around with seven <laughs> phones and fifteen laptops, and yeah, that you should be that guy. I qualify for that Apple discount, but I I've bought all of this technology for, for everyone else, and I'm yeah. That's why I'm saying, when is my turn? My turn was supposed to be today, but anyway. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe you should. I think in another era, you would have been a Catholic priest, the one that hit, hits himself with the cat with seven tails on the back and say, Lord, I'm not worthy, and that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, anyway, I don't want to I don't want to belabor it, though. It was like a shitty keynote overall, like because the operator, I think it's the pandemic. It's like they ran out of stuff that they worked on pre-pandemic, and now we're seeing like the results. Like there were no even interesting uh, software announcements. There's a new weather app. I thought you might be excited. What's about new in that. the weather app? New animations. Ooh, <laughs> barometric pressure. I thought the animations were already pretty good. The lightning. I know and stuff is, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like don't we have enough? But invested enough but, energy. Yeah, is there in any, I did like the idea that you could move your mouse cursor from different devices, but then I'm never ever going to use that. So. Oh yeah, exactly. Are you going to put I, like a little iPad on a rickety stand next year? No, I don't like iPads to begin with. I I bought the. I'm a returner person, so mm-hmm. I, I bought the iPad Pro thinking it would give me great ideas. Yeah, revolutionary. Sketching on it, and I returned it after two days. This was a few Piece years ago, and now <laughs> I, I, I bought the Remarkable. Is this e-ink tablet for you sketching? You bought that? I yeah. Know. You never told me that. Well, I bought it this week. It, it arrived today, and then I was sketching on it, and I was like, this is not going to work for me. It's not as good as paper. Yeah, I could have told you Paper's that. better, yeah. Well, Austin Lee, my friend, has one, and he loves it, so I was like, okay, I'll try it. Oh, okay. Well, whatever Austin says. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> never never yeah. mind what I would have recommended. Anyway, no, I, I didn't I'm ask you, but, but uh, um, yeah, yeah. I, I still think sketching on paper is better. The, I, yeah, I think for you especially, like, I feel like you would just make a whole lifelong performance out of rejecting everyone's attempt to get you to stop using paper. Yeah. yeah like. Well, the the main thing for me is uh, browsing documents is much slower than browsing through pages. So I, I sketch and then I have a stack of sketchbooks and I go through them a week later. And it's, 
it's much nicer to go through pages than to go. And that's the same for me for artist websites. I think artist websites should have five pages. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to give all the juice, all the content, then you make a book. I, I mean, think it's impossible to absorb too much on the web. There are, yeah, they're only, the website is, let me, and like, wait for it here. You know when you go to a hotel? Drum roll. Yeah. The, the internet is that little kiosk, you know, at the bottom of the stairs in your European hotel, or like at the bottom of the elevator. All those flyers for, for yeah. tourist destinations? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's just like wild <laughs> Oh, kingdom. that's a sad picture of the internet. <laughs> that's the internet. Now, maybe. Um, and there's a bunch of tea bags in between the flyers. <laughs> yeah. Except that they're not pamphlets. They're actually like scrolls that you have to unwind. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. But then there's Wikipedia. Well, and that's a genius product. It's kind yeah. of the the exception to the internet, where you could really absorb a lot. They they figured that's like one of the examples where they figured it out early. Like the internet's going to be good for this. Yeah, it, it's the best UI. I think. I think. I wish the whole internet was like Wikipedia. It's also functionally like and socially connected. Like, and so it, like it's actually a better product than encyclopedia. Like Wiki- it completely destroyed oh, yeah. encyclopedias. But Wikipedia is cool because most computers, uh, most software gets more elaborate over time, so your computer never feels faster. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the the internet, if we still had the same internet content, the same pages as in 1995, it would feel so fast now. It would be lightning Ooh. speed. But now because most be pages... i through GeoCities. <laughs> yeah, but right now every web page you load has two megabytes of JavaScript libraries for ad tracking. Yeah. And all kinds of video ads and et cetera. So you might load 15 megabytes just to look at a directions page or something. Well, that's so, why, yeah, Google PageRank actually um, ranks you based on how fast your page loads. Yeah. Or that's, that's one true. part of the algorithm. Yeah, Google PageRank was warning me that my images were too big on my website, but I'm a visual artist. Fuck so you, PageRank. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, PageRank yeah. is like... A little bit of a bo- like a bossy mafia. Well, there's the, there's the, those speedy pages on the mobile when you search the news. Uh, what is it? Amp. Mm-hmm. Amp. But yeah. they don't do those on desktop. That would be cool on desktop. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's yeah. always trying to encapsulate in some new way. That's yeah. like the still my my biggest pro tip for everyone is to install AdBlock and any ad tracking. Not because I'm paranoid, but because it makes the web faster. Well, you heard, like, you know, so Apple puts ad, the ad blocking thing on the iPhone or whatever, right? And then, yeah. you know, everyone's like, it's going to be apocalypse for the advertisers. Like, two weeks later, they literally every advertiser's like, yeah, we can just just, just use the <laughs> IP and, like, look at behavioral data, and it's pretty much the same. We There's, like, we have 95% of the information we had Well, but Apple at least that, that still proves my point. Like, then you're not loading a bunch, too many JavaScript like. like Mm-hmm. If you use an ad blocker, it, it does reduce your traffic. Mm-hmm. The amount of megabytes you download to view a page or an app or something. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, but then you yeah. don't get to see the ads. I mean, I always love seeing the ads. Mm, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, and you got that fast Canadian internet. My, my approach is just, to, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I've got that. My approach is always just to, like, corrupt the data. So, you know, just go mm. visit a few sites you'd never visit <laughs> for the fun of it. <laughs> Load up those the, like government. Are you going to use the the iCloud VPN? Um, yeah, I noticed that in today's announcement. And are you a VPN? I currently person? pay for a VPN, so oh, you do. It makes sense that they would have. I never got that. around to it, but well, how, yeah, exactly. How else are you going to like if? I mean, you're never. Ner- I don't know if you're using ad blockers. You 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 do fall into the category of person who like 
might be nervous that someone sees what you're doing. No, Typically, my theory is I'm, I'm actually more nervous. Like, let's say you want to download illegal software and torrents and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. If you do that through a VPN, then it's all tied to your identity and your credit card. And they could be mm. like, well, you're actually more visible. The Canadian loophole is good, though. Oh. Which is, um, yes, in the United States, but no, not in Canada. Can, like, So what you would do is you would say, yeah, like, for example, you cho- you can choose a country where they're not allowed to um, go after you, right? So you could choose, like, I don't know, Norway or something like that, where the copyright jurisdiction is different. Anyway, yeah. I don't want to sound like some expert in how to <laughs> break the law on this no. recording. But um, in the United yeah, obviously, if you're VPNing... Well, the, the, the promise... Yeah. yeah, the pro- promise of all those VPNs is that your traffic is encrypted and so they don't even know what you're browsing, but yeah. you still don't know. It's the same thing where a lot of people are like, oh, um, crypto is cool, you can buy drugs and no one can trace you, and actually everything's logged and they can perfectly trace you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's more than one way to trace you, right? More than one way to fry a chicken? What's the expression? Yeah, I don't want to say it. It's skin a cat, but my, but my cat's right <laughs> next to me here. <laughs> yeah. So today, despite all this disappointment... Yeah. Um, it's late in the day. We have a question. Yeah. What do you, you know, late in the day, maybe you're not... This is not the right question to be answering, but it's an interesting question nonetheless. Yeah. From um, uh, uh, my longtime good friend, Mike Calvert, mm-hmm. uh, who I've known since... 2001, I think. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We go way back. We should have him on the show. Yeah. Should we listen? Yeah, let's have a listen. My question is about focus and about how you keep sustained focus. I'm not talking about a project, but I'm talking about more of your lifetime, your career, your practice. I found that I'm often able to focus really intensely for a month or two on something, and then get distracted and go down a different road. But curious how you guys see focus over the long term. Okay, thank you, Mike, for your question. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, yeah. You were like, I'm not sure about this question. Is there anything? Well, here? And there's I said, nothing there's wrong with this question, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm always hesitant that I don't want to become a. A coach or like a, a person who says do x y and z and you'll be successful well my head like immediately like uh, was like oh i know how to answer this question just but it was all corporate life so caveat up front i'm gonna come at this hard <laughs> from like yeah like a, a lifelong manager your, your day job you guys are pretty focused product wise there's really just one product yeah yeah well that's like part of it yeah so like this is probably the biggest topic in like corporate management <laughs> like which which is funny i think just like at the outset like i think that's funny we can personally. learn a lesson yeah because I can, uh, it's a it's a yuck yeah. fest for me because as an art like if that's also a problem for the artist how often you know do microsoft and the artist have the same challenge <laughs> do, do you have an example of a company that is completely unfocused and therefore the was AT and T just okay. dropped? Here we go. HBO or Time Warner or so. Something. Yeah, all companies, yeah. all these mergers, all yeah. companies start unfocused in a way, kind of right. Like because they ca- they're looking for product market fit. They're literally looking for a fit 
you know. Oh, I thought all all companies start focused because they're like, oh, we just have this one mm. idea. But th- like before that one idea, they're not sure if that one idea is the right idea. That's always how a company starts, and and most of the time, they've chosen the wrong focus and the company fails. But there's a process of switching focuses really quickly, almost like switching camera lenses. That sometimes, yeah, that sometimes results in a company succeeding. Now, every once in a while, someone's focused. They've like had their whole life to prepare. They go. Now, the other type of well, the the, the legendary example is Nike, where someone just really made a shoe with a waffle iron and a piece of rubber, and yeah. that's the rest of the Eureka. company. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, that's not how it goes. The other type of you know, focus problem in, in, in the corporate world would be like, you lose focus. So th- first there's finding focus, and then there's losing focus. These yeah, are the two, like Facebook. Yeah. So we need to find our focus, and then we need to lose it. And we lose it, oh, we need to refind it, okay? Yeah, and so your Facebooks or whatever. And that might happen over a period of time because different people come and go through the company. It, the company loses its way. They expand into new markets. They acquire other companies. Then they're like, how do we make sense of this mess? We need to... Find our focus. And, it, and, and so a big part of why people lose focus is the hunger for growth. Yeah, and I think that this is where I think it's also interesting for the individual, right? So, you know, com- coming back to the artist is yeah, definitely the reason you want focus as a corporation is like you're seeking accelerated growth and you only have limited resources, right? And you want to be able to apply those resources to maximize your growth over a period of time. But when when you think of a company like Amazon, they mm-hmm. started very focused selling books. They're like, we're going to replace the bookstore, we're going to deliver a very wide selection, and the shipping is going to be fast and user-friendly, and mm-hmm. there'll be easy returns. That's a great and example. Then, yeah, and then they figured out that that approach actually translated to more products than books, so they became the everything store instead of the biggest bookstore. They adjusted their and then they're like, well, we're running all these computers, so might as well start a computer rental company. Yep. And then we can get it for cheap and sell it to others. So, And it might all be, your theory is always that everything's about management. So. Yeah, but now Bezo- basically, Bezos and his brother are flying to space next week. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I would predict Amazon has a long-term problem that if... You know, for example, say another bookseller. Now, this would be hard because I think they've they've created protection for certain areas of business. Moats. But yeah, they have so-called moats, which protect from other people coming along and saying, hey, while you're not focused on this thing, I'm going to steal it. You know, I'm going to do a better job of it. I'm going to do bo- yeah, books. Shopify. Or- yeah. Actually, that's a great example. And uh, you're, yeah, you're, that's the perfect example for Amazon. Shopify is defocusing de- or re- or maybe it's like stealing focus from Amazon in certain key areas um, by taking a completely different approach to the same problem of of essentially creating a market. Why am I thinking about the Karate Kid right now? <laughs> wax on, wax off. I don't yeah, know that's the focus thing. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, but, yeah. But maybe what I mean is that there's this uh, obsession in media it sort of about discipline and training, mm-hmm. I think it's it's very pushed. Is like, I think we all are looking for purpose and being a good person, and you want to feel like you're doing good. So you see Karate Kid as a kid, and it's like, oh, if I focus, I, I will win because mm-hmm, he was mm-hmm. focusing on the wax on, wax off, and he was washing the car and sanding the wall, and through repetition, he learned to kick someone's ass. Yeah, and uh, I often wonder. I think there's a lot of motivational coaches and like admirable people and 
I noticed that a lot in the art world, people love it when artists have habits. It's like, oh, I only eat, <laughs> yeah. I only eat grapes in the morning and the whole day, and I only eat fruit or whatever obsession you have, and you're like, oh, he's an artist who always sleeps exactly eight hours, not a minute more, not a minute less. It's incredible. Yeah. And so people have this huge admiration for rituals, daily rituals, and repeating and. But you know that like the what you're reminding me of is just like I'm getting back to the corporate thing, which is like yeah. you know, saying no, it was the Steve Jobs quote, which is um you know, you have to say no to a thousand things before you say yes. And coming back to our quest the question, which is like, you know, um you know, if you're doing something in the question is like I do something for two months and then I kind of lose my focus another word for that is i get distracted or another way to say that is i say yes to something different right Mm -hmm. and again this does happen in companies i've seen it happen personally many times people you know either get bored or or it's not working like more often than not it's the reason you lose interest is because what you're doing the repeating pattern to your point about eating blueberries every day you're not getting stronger you're getting fatter. In fact, you're like, I'm eating all these blueberries. And <laughs> I'm, I'm having the opposite effect. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should try something else. And eventually yeah. you try so many things that you forgot why you started trying things in the first place. Um, I've seen that many times on teams where they'll say it like, they'll, they'll say this, they'll say, okay, well, we want to achieve this goal. So what we're going to start to do is we're going to run a series of experiments. And these experiments will help us find a way to achieve that goal. But, you know, you, you check in like a year or two years later and they're like, we're going to run experiments kind of for the sake of running experiments. And we're running this experiment and we're not really sure, you know, why we're running it and what the result is going to be. And they've kind of lost lost touch with the original purpose. I think you brought, you said that, you know, you used the word purpose earlier with Karate Kid. But I do think that that's one of the tools that you can use to to refocus like because well, you're always going to decenter. If, if you go focus. back to the example of apple there's a famous moment where they started out with a single product it was very successful mm-hmm. and focused i love this story. and then it, and then at some point steve job goes bananas and the board gets annoyed with him and it's like you're out so the founder gets kicked out that's kind of rare it's and an incredible story yeah, and then they get Pepsi dude, and he's like the ex-CEO Scully. of Pepsi, and he, he runs the, the company kind of badly, and the fans lose interest, and the products are confused. And Steve Jobs comes in and rises again and is reborn, and he makes the famous square uh, allocation, pro and consumer, and portable and desktop. Yeah, what's the first thing he do, does? He, he cuts the product yeah. portfolio down to just from like thousands of products to just four products. Yeah, focus. But the main thing that happened was they had a hit product. They had the iMac. Mm-hmm. And so that it's, it's very easy to focus when you have a hit. Oh, you're saying maybe, like, what if all those products have been total flops out of hilarious? Yeah, Here's our exactly. new uh, banana laptop. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I, I th- you know, it's easy to look at success stories and think of an artist like Carl Andre who invented the flat sculpture that you can walk on. Like People mm-hmm. were reducing sculpture to... And the, the the area between the two-dimensional and the three-dimensional. And he's like, you know what? This is so flat, you can walk on it. And mm-hmm. that's the whole idea. This is a big idea. That was a hit. Yeah. So, of course, he's going to make more of them. Because everybody says, I want one. Yeah. So, it's easy to focus when you have a hit. And especially in art where um, it's not distributed uh, the same way music is. So... 
to see a Carl Andre sculpture, you really have to make a bunch of them around the world. Well, this or is James Terrell, or that kind of thing. Like, when you find that one singular thing, and everybody's like, I want a sky room, I want an empty hole in the ceiling, and, yeah. you know, then he's going to make a hundred of them. But what I love about the, like, the word focus, there are very few, like, occasions where a word actually lends itself to, like, metaphor and analogy so perfectly, which is, like, if you think about what, you know, outside of this particular topic, what it is physically to focus, right? Like, like a literal lens is like a telescope or a microscope. What do you have to do? You have to like point it at a target, right? And then you have to make adjustments to the lens to see the target more or less clearly, right? I always thought of the lens as a, more like to start a fire, like a magnifying glass when you well, it intensifies burn a piece of paper. Yeah. yeah, but it make that's a that's called clarity, right? And I think like anyway in corporate in the corporate world to to find clarity, this is like one of the big big challenges that I was alluding to at the the outset, which is like you want to connect all the way from the individual worker up to the like company's like highest order purpose, and how do you do that, right? Um, and be and the reason you want to do that is because you don't want the worker running around like an ant under the magnifying glass getting burned, right? Like you want everyone going in the same direction. You don't want everything going in different directions. So put another way, you don't want like 10 different telescopes pointing at different planets and everyone saying, no, I want to go there. No, I want to go here. I want to go, right? It's dissonant. Yeah. But but the one thing that's confusing is I've spoken, I've done a few sort of when, I don't teach, but the student, the studio visit. So you do an artist talk and afterwards you see a bunch of students work and you talk to students. Mm-hmm. And they all seem fearful. They're like, it feels like the art world expects you to do one thing your whole life. Yeah. And it's like, this artist always X, and this artist always Y, and this artist always Z. Mm-hmm. And it seems that way, because there are a lot of artists that are that way. But then if you look at the most successful artists, they're usually kind of crazy and do whatever they want. And Picasso or Warhol or Duchamp or... Uh, let's name some female artists, but... Sorry, Cindy Sherman. Yeah, no. Well, Cindy Sherman is actually doing the same thing all the time. But Louise Mm -hmm. Bourgeois is a better example. Yeah, but they're just very free and they do whatever they want. But they do have focus. But focus doesn't mean only making one category of work. But focus means putting a lot of time in and uh, not getting distracted. And I always think that all that comes from, uh, I don't know if it's belief there's something where you just feel like I have a right to make the work. I'm a badass. Get out of my way. Like, it sounds stupid, but I know a lot of creative people that if you don't have that sort of thing where you feel like you're important enough to be on a pedestal. Yeah. I I I don't know. Like. No, I think you're right. Like one of the things, and it's a very ego-driven, yeah. maybe a Western point of view, because there are other ways of art making. When when you think of Buddhist sand paintings, where it's not about the per, the individual. Mm-hmm. So I'm speaking from a very Western perspective, but that kind of focus really comes from saying, uh, I'm better than you. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, don't know if that's true, but well, I, am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. Like if I were, if you were to ask, I mean, to keep it in the art world or go corporate, because maybe I'll just play the corporate character this whole this whole time. But like, there are two strategies. Well, it's the same that, question, because there's so many people having good companies. Why is your company better than others? Well, in fact, like when companies are asked to, or trying to refocus, there are two strategies. One, it, like, but one of them is archaeology. It's not always like we have the idea. Sometimes it's like, what have we done in the past 
that we could possibly make sense of. Let's and bring I, back the magic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But a lot of artists do this too, and which is like, and I think for a student, like it's impossible to do this because you haven't produced, you know, enough necessarily. So people are like, yeah. well, why don't you go into your childhood? And it kind of feels like wrong to, to ask them. To <laughs> right do now, that. I'm I'm thinking <laughs> of that scene in the movie Boogie Nights where they're all coked up and in their coke phase, and they think they're musicians, so they get the studio and then yeah. play that song "Feel My Heat." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there is a point of focus and confidence where you can be too confident and you're not really evaluating your own. But that's why I always anymore. thought when you're starting out, your whole job is to like get the telescope out, start looking at different planets, right? Don't decide which planet you're going to go to like right away. <laughs> like you've just pointed it at yeah. one planet, you're going to go. There. Of course, you're going to be anxious. Like you want to figure out: yeah. it, does it have oxygen? Is there going to be like? A, a chill temperature, you know, like, is it going to be a, a great place to hang out? You want to figure a, all that stuff out, right? There's a mutual friend of me and Mike, uh, Miltus Manetas, and he told me this story. I don't know where he got the story. And I think I've told this before on this podcast, but the story is when you're an artist... Ice cream. Oh, there's an ice cream truck outside. That makes <laughs> nice. it even better. When you're an artist, you start out in a dark room, completely pitch black, and you get handed a flashlight, mm. and they're like, go find the elephant. And you have to find the elephant, the big invention. But the problem is, the more you move around the flashlight, the more the elephant elephant moves away from you and starts hiding. Mm. So what you have to do is keep the light going in one direction and then hope that the elephant passes by and then you catch the elephant or you freeze the elephant and memorize it when you see it. But if the elephant doesn't stop by and instead you get a rabbit or a tiger then you have to accept that <laughs> such a funny analogy i was thinking that's the I, story. I kept thinking of the there's the classic like the three blind men and the elephant where each one is holding a different part of the elephant like and they're like i have a serpent yeah, i'm holding yeah, yeah. a tree and he's holding yeah, onto yeah, the yeah. leg or i've got a, a similar yeah. story yeah this is the, the, the least useful podcast, probably. Everybody's like, thanks. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Well, what we do, let me just like give you the, the playbook in the corporate realm. So what you would do is like there are some things that never change, and then there are things that change all the time. And so to arrive at a focus, you like you first need to arrive. You need to, you need to like align on what's never going to change. And then you need to give yourself the freedom to allow changes um, – at other levels that allow you to achieve that goal. So let me just like make it really clear. We, we think of everything in terms of first of all, first and foremost, purpose and values. And maybe I won't get into purpose today. Actually, I'll just say values traditionally are the highest order thing that doesn't change. So for example, I'm going to be kind in the world or something like it's like, it's a value. Like I'm going to be empathetic or trustworthy. It's something that's never going to change because it's just who I am and how I behave, right? The next thing you have is a vision. Okay, I'm going to behave this way, but I I need to behave this way in service of accomplishing something. You know, like the thing I want to accomplish though is like, is a, is a, is a, is a, like envision is a good word actually where we're talking about focus. It's like literally I want to, I want to show people what I can see that they can't see about the future. I, can, I imagine this future. I can see it as clear as day. It's right there well, in that's front the, of me. Yeah, and, and that's the thing where people don't know yet what they need. So yeah. you're, you're inventing something is. they need. Yeah. yeah, and the whole thing is I can see it, but the world can't. I have to convince my team that they can see it too. We're going to bring this thing that no one else can see into the world. Now, how do we, adjust, we achieve that vision, which is our focus? That is our focus. It is what we can see. 
but no one else can see. We, we, we have a mission. And the mission is how are we going to achieve that vision? What are the things that we're, how are we going to have to yeah. like, how are we going to get there? How are we going to get I'm getting there? another vision. I'm getting the vision of, of Google. Mm. And their mission is to organize the world's information. That's right. That's right. And then they're actually not doing that at all. They they're like out. organizing the world's disinformation <laughs> and they're like building distraction machines. I, yeah. I, I had this theory back in the day that Google was started by an alien life form to learn about humans. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we're going to index everything. But lately, I'm not really thinking Google is bringing us clarity. Well, they, they, I mean, they're definitely suffering from the growth problem at scale, right? Yeah, right. And similarly, Apple, right? It's the reason I don't have a MacBook Pro, even though... They're a personal computer company. They can't seem to deliver <laughs> the thing, the one thing I need from them. I need one thing. I, um, I have to say you should have just, yeah, the M1 is pretty good. You should have <laughs> just gotten that. But actually, in terms of focus, they focus their product line and talk well, on no, one No, no, this is, this is a good analogy. This is about focus. You need to make more digital works. So you need a better setup whatever that is, because I think in the back of your head, you're thinking, I could try this render, but uh, it's going to take two days. Never mind. I'm going to watch a movie. That's a good point. Is, is that true or false? That's pretty true. So do you think buying a computer once a year and upgrading it regularly would make you more productive? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in that I, sense, pay I, for I, should, I should have started this whole podcast. Now we can like lose the script that Jeremy knows what he's talking about, which is like, I have I actually have a tremendous lack of focus and I love not like I'm I love novelty but the weird thing is despite all that I I tend to stick to one way of doing things whether it's right or wrong for a very long period of time like I'll stay employed at a company for 10 years if I start a side project and it's suddenly successful I'll be like no nope, that's the rest of my life I've got to <laughs> I've got to do that too now and I kind of stack all of these focuses up and what yeah. it, what has been the result similar to like Google is that I have less and less experiment time like less like there might be like 20 minutes here an hour there well that's hours why young there. people tend to be more creative because they don't have obligations exactly like they don't have any focused commitments like I do but like just prior to this uh, podcast I was like meeting with my assistant that, that helps run my like this um, the school I'm a co-founder of right like but so I do that for like, I'm going to do that. I did that for an hour today. Tomorrow night, I'll also do that for an hour. And then the night after, I'm like doing business modeling for that for an hour in the evening. Um, I'm doing that instead of watching TV, but I'm also doing it instead of making, you know, rendering a work. And, you know, that, yeah, that's a, have you ever heard this analogy of like a stovetop? Like there's four elements on the stove. Yeah. You're going to cook dinner. Yeah. You can only choose four. You know, what are you going to say? But you can, you can kind of swap the you know the dishes off of the elements but you know in general you also have to make sure that you recognize that one of them is like friends and family another one's your job you know a third one is and, and then, your passion yeah and then there's the, the idea that you have the extreme focus the the classic idea of the the sushi chef who perfects the oh, same dish by practicing yeah. their whole life and then there's the idea that you just Accept that you're messy and have many interests and your exhibitions kind of look like a thrift store full of all kinds of different things. And that can work, too. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think we're always hesitant to describe there being one right way. My, yeah, my, exactly. Like what, what I get out of my novelty and loyalty craze <laughs> is that 
every once in a while, like, and actually not every once in a while, at this point in my life, a bunch of it makes a ton of sense. Like, there are two threads that align to my purpose. And I know one of them is what you're critical of, but it's like, I can't stop it. Like, you're always like, Jeremy, stop helping others. But I really, I wrote a purpose statement for myself. Yeah. That it's includes it like that's the only, and the reason I wrote it is because I was like, what why do I why do I do any of this? And what brings me energy? And it was actually the only reason I was motivated to do anything, right? So I can't I can't let go of that because then I would lose yeah, my yeah. motivation. Um and, and do you think that still art making is the best way to help people or should you just help people in other ways? That's where we get back to the thing of like, I keep eating blueberries, but I'm getting fat. Like ultimately for me. I'm willing to try like and new things and and I do let go of things every once in a while too. Um, but uh, experimentation I think is necessary. You know, you can't keep doing the same thing and expect to get the same result is like kind of the classic saying, but for that me, one anyway, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Well, that's the, the and especially you, yeah, with with some... NFTs, like the I think I talked about it the last episode where a lot of my artist friends were like just stop making websites, it's never going to work. That's true. You know. And yeah. then at some point, like, oh, this mechanism is invented and it does work. So, haha, I told you so. Or maybe it's not going to work. I think but, that's a really, really good point. Actually, I'm a, yeah, like, fuck what I just said. <laughs> on the flip side, <laughs> on the yeah. flip side, you're right. Like, uh, like, for example, I've worked at my current job for 11 years. In tech, the average is two years. But most, like, I've, I've never done the same job twice in a year, right? Like, well, actually, I've done it a couple times, sometimes three times, four times, redesigned something. But it's always different. But the things that where I've learned the most, actually, to your point, are like I'm doing something that wasn't working and then suddenly it like clicks, right? Like it's like I was just missing something or things like are total failure, like something I thought yeah. would work really well doesn't work at all. But but the, the funny thing, focus doesn't mean doing the same thing every day, but it does mean doing something every day so the, the classic idea of is it thomas edison who just kept trying inventions and he's like, yeah. at some point something's got to work so he wasn't focused on the same thing all the time but he was focused on inventing well there's this concept that came that i often talk about like toyota and the toyota way and lean methodologies and the concept though that toyota really perfected was this idea of continuous improvement and be, the ability to focus on failure as a factor of like hey we know the goal we just have to like keep improving like a micron every day <laughs> until we get this thing to perfection. Yeah. And you know, but there's no way to do that all at once. So we're just going to resign then, that failure is the only way we're going to get there. And then to confuse things even more, that there's that book, The Innovator's Dilemma, where if you're not going to invent the next thing that cannibalizes your own business, someone else will. So in, in, in very plain terms, the Apple was really good at the iMac and the iPod, yeah. and then they invented the iPhone, which kind of cannibalized both. Yeah, that's why they but talk they about... But they had to, because otherwise someone else would do it. In Again, in software, we talk about sustaining innovations and like, rev, you know, kind of disruptive innovations. So sustaining innovations are incremental improvements, and disruptive innovations are what you just described. There's a model called Horizons, that's kind of good. I don't. I don't know if I've seen it work well, but basically, you should like invest your time in three types of horizons. Like horizon one would be like safe bets, like stuff that like is just going to make things a little bit better. Horizon two would be like not quite, you know, 
not quite revolutionary, but like, you know, step change improvements. And then Horizon 3 would be like big bets. Like, and a lot of people sort things into the big bets and, and incremental improvements. But the big bets are ones like the likelihood that it succeeds is not very high, but like we're going to try it anyway. And then typically companies add a, a mix of like how much time are we going to spend on those horizons? And or you could split it on innovation versus continuous improvement. And the split ends up being like something like 70, 30 or 80, 20 mm. for a lot of companies. So 80 percent of the time, we're just going to continuously improve. And then 20 percent of the time. Yeah, I feel like every company in the annual review, they'll say, we need to be innovators and we need to be rebels. And then they just go back to usual. Like, Well, customers hate innovation. I mean, this is yeah. maybe that gets back to the artist thing, which yeah. is like, do I have to make dot paintings my whole life? Well, if the customers like the dot paintings, it's going to be really Up hard to, a to take a risk, right? Yeah, but there's a point where the, all the customers have a dot painting, and then you really have to move on. Well, yeah, you but haven't done your 20% research, though. I've, like, I've, that's I've R&D. Wanna, yeah, I want to make it very concrete for a second and analyze our podcast, because I don't think it's very focused. We've made a mess of this, haven't we? Yeah, and we've tried all the f- we've tried all kinds of different formats to sort of ask me anything, and we've tried yeah. movie reviews, and we've tra- not so much current events, but product reviews, sort of like reviewing Facebook or yeah, Amazon. Yeah. Or- That's right. So we're really all over the place, and I think we have our audience, and we are very grateful. It's just we're in and the, yeah, it's kind of stable, right? It's a like, steady state. And I don't think growth is so. What what is what is what our is focus? What's our goal? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think that originally what I've always said is it was just to spend time with one another because we were having yeah. these conversations anyway. Well, that, that that's maybe that's a good point. Like, uh, I find it harder as you grow older to maintain friendships because people are more busy. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, in school, it's very easy to maintain friendships because you're stuck together in a building. Yeah. Uh, but as you grow older, and especially if you move far away, unless you I have go to a lot jail. of. You know, you don't call your friends all the time across the ocean, and like, like you're friends with Constant Dillard, but how often do you talk to him? Once every five years. <laughs> you know, he's 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 almost in every episode. Like he's a, yeah. he's a guiding light. I feel but, like if I mention him, he's still my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, you know, and lockdown made it a little bit more normal to talk to people on the phone, but still not that often. So for me, the. Exactly, like the biggest role of this podcast is for us to stay in touch and have uh, long conversations. Yeah. Which is different than if you just text each other. So yeah. I guess then any audience success is, is a bonus, but that's not the goal. It wasn't the goal to begin with. We talked at different times even about like monetization strategies, and then we were like, oh, that sounds cheesy. Like that wouldn't make But that's, be that's a little bit of a cop out. I think it. it I think uh, if we were really driven and said, "Oh, we want a certain, we want a mm. hundred thousand listeners regularly," maybe. But th- 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 maybe what I'm trying to say is, if you're doing art and you're not so sure what the goal is, and you're kind of all over the place and it's not selling, but you're enjoying it the yeah. same way we're enjoying That's doing okay. the podcast, then you've already won. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think like that's maybe why we should have started, which is like. You know, I say, we cited Amazon, Google, Apple, all these companies, and we put that in perspective of the individual artist. It's like, you actually might have completely different intentions, but that's where I think the purpose thing comes in, ultimately, that I, I cast aside, or the values, which is like, what do you value, right? Like, what brings you life? And like, who do, who are you? What do you stand for? 
And, you know, you know, what do you want your life to be? I know it sounds cheesy, but I do think at the end of the day, like you and I, we decided we wanted a f- friendship. We were talking. We wanted to record it. We did think that it might be useful to a few people. We did say that at one point. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, I thought showing uh, mistakes and the whatever research you're doing. and A lot of artist talks are just... Uh, they're just 45 minutes, so you don't really get to know the person. And yeah. I thought this way could be a bit demystifying. And we both talked about alternative schools and teaching. And I always thought, you know, our, our podcast audience is not huge, but it's still a more efficient. You reach a lot more people than if you're teaching 20 people a week. Yeah, I mean, just to put it in perspective, though, like we've we've reached like hundreds of thousands of people with the podcast. I mean, it's not well, like I'm it not so sure. It might be one person that listened to 100,000 times. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but let's say it's 4,000 people, but that's still yeah. quite a number. Yeah. I like to But it, 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 I think I'm I'm just using the podcast analogy right now cuz it's it's funny. We're listening to a podcast and then we're using that as a metaphor for focus. But mm-hmm. one way of of saying a podcast is focus is if it's very regular. You know, it's weird. Like I was trying to help a friend start a podcast and I was like, you just have to like start and then you have to hold each other accountable to do it every week. And I was like, it's actually going to be a habit and you'll know that you should do it if you don't want to stop that routine. But you see how hard that is because there's, there's not that many art world podcasts and Mm -hmm. I think very few are regular as regular as mainstream podcasts. It's, Mm -hmm. It, it sounds simple, just you know, just talk for thirty minutes once a week. But things come up, and you have vacation, or your microphone is broken, and you know, yeah, that's well, the it's focus n- thing. It's, it's, it's not nine so thirty on a Monday here. Like I said, like you and I had big, di- you know, had days before this. It was started. my birthday weekend, so your birthday we didn't record weekend. on the yeah, weekend. Yeah, but we almost yeah. we almost recorded on your birthday. Like I think another thing that sometimes happens is there's like sacrifice built into focus, right? Which is and we both live in a in a living situation where we have to ask our partner to sort of go in a corner of the apartment and put on headphones. Yeah, and I mean, they're so little, it's kind of annoying for our partners. Yeah, but they're supportive. I think we're very lucky. Um, yeah. Anyway, well, Christina beats me before and after the podcast. <laughs> that's how we. Well, that's, that's not cool. Deal. I can I can give yeah. you a hotline. Um, <laughs> I enjoy it. But, um, well, that's also good. That's fine. <laughs> if you're enjoying it, then that's also acceptable. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know where to go. I was going to help people understand that, like, af- after you have that vision and mission, we also do, like, objectives and key results. But, like, you can set goals, and there's nothing well, wrong with setting a goal and achieving it. Yeah. If I would say, say anything, because like, uh, I have a number of friends who are very talented, but they like to do all kinds of stuff, and I just tell them, just pick one thing, doesn't matter which one. Yeah. Because let's say Joel Fox was another friend who was on the podcast before. It's, it's, it's similar friend group as Mike Calvert. And he's very talented doing all kinds of things. And he's into stop motion and he's into sound design and he's into animation and he's into painting. And I was like, just pick one thing and do that for a year. Doesn't matter which one. Yeah. And that's. That's all you do. You just pick one and you do it for a year. That's would be my recommendation sounds to like anyone. A, that's a focus. It sounds like focus. Yeah. But I can tell you, for me, the focus with websites, because I started out with websites and a lot of people went in many different directions. And also even a lot of our peers sort of 
moved away from the internet because they wanted to focus more on IRL exhibitions. Mm -hmm. And I just kept going with websites because I kept thinking, well, this is kind of still uncharted territory and I can sort of have my space where I'm not, there's not so many competitors. Yeah, I mean, Which sounds a bit cynical, but it, it, it's, it's like if I went into painting, there's so many, there's enough painters. Maybe that's the argument. Yeah, but I should have like, said. We've got plenty of painters. But you're making a really good point, which is like, again, like in, in, in company world, I would choose to look, uh, there's this thing called strategic foresight, right? So it's like, you know, I said like, you have a vision, right? But like, how do you choose where to go? You know, right? Like, how do you choose the planet that you want to yeah. take yeah. everyone to? Well, actually, you have to like look at, you have to look back like a hundred years, just like an artist, and you have to look forward. You know, maybe it's back 10 years or 50 years, and then you have to look forward 10, 15, 25 years. Um, and there's this look, for, look back, look forward exercise that I've done with artists too before, and maybe I could have brought that. I wish we had well, like work. Yeah, it's like an, it's an extrapolation. It's like if I go do this, what's my life going to be like? Yeah. And we look and at it. Yeah. For example, I went to a, a workshop in Brooklyn where they did LED hacking. So they would get LED panels and they would uh, customize graphics cards to do weird stuff and like output digital images without a computer directly, uh, electronically. And I was there and I was just extrapolating. Like if I go in this direction of custom screens... I'm going to have a workshop with four people that mm -hmm. are going to go to collectors to fix that stuff and we're going to be billing them and then we're going to have to organize travel and then we're going to mm -hmm. have to have birthday cards for the employees and they're going to be disgruntled. And I was like, <laughs> I'll, just I'll just stay with software. I'll just stay with software. I'm not going to the ahead of you. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But So we look at it through three, len like three lenses or I always encourage three lenses in, in my workplace. But like one is a customer lens. Like, you know, so what is the experience that I want to create for people. And that's kind of where a lot of us stop. But there are two other lenses. Like one I think is important as a media artist is technology. So exactly as you just described, like, is this going to get worse or better over time? And what well, is, it, yeah, you know, same thing. Like you, new technology comes up and yeah. then you evaluate. Yeah. Yeah. And then the third one we look at is market, which is like, what is everyone else doing? Right. And what is, what's changing about the world? Yeah, Ex like exclusive of me, like it has nothing to do with me, actually. I'm just looking around what's happening in the world. And I have to that those are conditions that I have to plan for. Think of it as like an asteroid field on your way to that planet. You're going to have to divert, you're gonna have to steer around these asteroids. And so you want to choose the fastest path. You kind of have to look at that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I, I also think there can be a sort of uh, quest for purity that can be damaging. Mm hmm. So you could be full of potential for all kinds of ideas, but you're like, no, I only do. It's all no, yeah. Yeah, and, and when it's too many no's, that's not good. So sorry, guys, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. have a clear answer. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It, I remember starting with Lenticular Works and thinking, this is oh, it. it would make a better story if I just said, I've never touched an atom. Everything is only energy-based. Nothing is matter. Yeah. Whatever, and I'm really glad that I tried all kinds of physical materials, and it gave me a lot of ideas for the digital work too. So yeah, it's interesting. I think it's a richer for me, life. Like but, hearing but, that, because but I, I think marketing-wise, if if you look at Tino Segal, he's like, my oh. performances are a hundred percent. Nothing's recorded. Nothing is physical. Everything's about the moment, and, uh, and you know. 
It's that fun. Worked for yeah. Him. I mean, from an outsider looking at you, though, I can say, like, when you did that stuff, it, I was like, makes perfect sense to me. And I've heard people describe that but, about myself, too. And I was like, not yeah. even sure, you know, and I'm like, are you sure? This seems like completely different from what I normally would do, right? But so sometimes actually your audience is ahead of you in terms of putting all that. I mean, obviously you're considering it, but I think we over consider as artists sometimes, yeah. right? Like, and, and, and one thing I think with that example of young students being afraid that they have to do the same thing. It's often that artists are known for one thing, but they actually did all kinds of things. Yeah, of so course, exactly. We, we know Carl Andre for the flat uh, metal pieces, uh, plaques on the floor, but he also made ASCII poetry with a typewriter, and he also made modular sculptures that have all kinds of depth and height, and I'm sure he made all kinds of drawings and paintings before arriving at these conceptual sculptures. Yeah. So... That's the we see the finished product and we we tend to see the icons of the artist, but they did all kinds of things that well, like didn't a great arrive example too is like second. Richard Richard Serra did videos. Like, yeah. how does that make any sense? Yeah, <laughs> but his videos are yeah. actually incredible. Yeah, I prefer the videos over the the sculptures. Yeah, there you go. I mean, and then yeah, on the on a flip side, like Chris Burden, amazing performances. Then the latter part of his career, I didn't really like at all. Like. When he stopped performing. It was too macho for you? It was like, what the fuck? Like, go back to shooting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but then he's like, well, jackass happened and I can't yeah, do that anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. You're not going to be able to control how people might perceive you know, what you're To me, the most, the most focused artist of all time, as far as I know, for me, is Vermeer. Mm, interesting. The, the Dutch Why painter, you- 17th century painter. And... We just don't know a lot about him. He he was from historical records. He had an inn, like a pub, hotel kind of old thing. He was the owner, and he painted on the side. And he only made thirty-five paintings, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. But they're all very quiet, contemplative paintings that feel like a lot of thought and time went into them. And um, like it was not uncommon to take two years to make a painting, right? Do they know how long? Yeah, but but specifically his paintings have this uh, intense stillness, uh, at least for me, that, that's the way I experience it. He seems like a very focused person. Mm-hmm. I'm trying More, to think of like Like Onkavara is maybe an example of someone with his date paintings. Great but example. That's, yeah, but to me that's a little bit easy compared to... It's too, yeah. It, 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 to me... I understand the way those date paintings were disciplined and he was focusing. Wait, we should just say it for the audience. I don't know if we've ever told them the story about Ankawara. Like, first of all, he mixed his own paint. But each time he sat down to do a painting, he'd do a painting of a date that well, day. That, for example, that mixing painting was pretty normal before there was prepackaged paint. So any painter before 18th century, I think, was mixing their own paint. So... That's right. not that unique. But they weren't painting the same subject, which was just like a date in black and yeah. white. And so then that the difference in pigment was not as apparent. Um, and then the way he selected dates, right? Like sometimes they're significant, like right after the moon yeah. landing. Other times not so much. Yeah, I, I mean, it's... it's what, what I'm trying to say is that's very focused, but that... that mm-hmm. Okay. It's focused because you know the story and someone tells you, but right. I don't feel the focus when I see the work. I see That's maybe what I'm trying to say. And with Vermeer, when you see the works, you experience focus as you're looking at Actually, it. Actually, you're making a good point, which is the Ankawara might be like the anti-goal because it's like 
you know, terrifying to consider. Like, imagine like you, you're like <laughs> 20 years old and you're like, someone's like, you know what? I think this date thing, you should keep doing that for another that's like, it. 50, that's 60 it. That's your elephant. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know. Is it going to work out? I don't know if people are really going to get it. Yeah, trust me. If you just like keep doing it, <laughs> yeah, it'll pay off. No, but it, 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 for me, someone like uh, Agnes Martin or Sola Witt, uh, mm-hmm. when I see the work, I feel the focus. With Onkavara, it's more like I imagine he was focused at the time of making it, but I don't feel the focus when I see the work. Yeah. I mean, there's. A, I guess you're talking about. When you're talking about feeling, are you talking about like an aura when you're in the presence talking, of the work? No, no, I'm, I'm saying, like, for example, with a piece of music, you might feel euphoric or melancholy mm-hmm, I see. from listening to the music you're experiencing. You it's, feel, not an, yeah. it's not an anecdote, you're actually feeling it. And so right, right, right. It's not the facts me, and figures about it. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so for me, a lot of examples of painting or maybe certain pieces of video art you you experience the focus or the dedication, not because someone told you, but you really feel it at that moment. Yeah, I mean, I think... When like like t- with Will, yeah. William Wegman, like some of his videos, you really experience... <laughs> there's, there's one video of the dog going into a jar, and the jar is almost breaking all the time. And yeah, it's classic. Really intense experience viewing it. Yeah. I don't know if he, that's a good example of folk. Oh, he did end up being, but he did all that work very, very quickly in a, in a, you know, in a, in a, in a short era or period of time. But I guess that's doesn't mean it wasn't focused. Like he just decided it's going to be dog and different scenario. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that, I mean, the, I, I do think animals have a focus because they can't plan, so they're not distracted. So I think maybe that's part of why those videos are so intense. Mm. But I think if we were to you know tie up this topic, it's like we've often talked about distraction on this podcast. Like, how do you stay? And it's it's been less about like focusing more like you know how do you control distraction. I think actually the topic is more interesting when when it's what we've discussed generally. Actually, here is how do you choose where you're going to go, and you know how do you commit to that? I think if you haven't found your hit yet. It you doesn't just matter. Just pick things. one thing and do it for a year and then pick another thing. And, you know, you have maybe 80 years in your life. So, But that's the point I want you to make, which is like, you do have to do it. You can't just give up right away, which I see a lot of people do who then get the reputation of being unfocused, right? Well, maybe maybe a good way to look at focus also is that it shouldn't be punishment. It should be fun. Yeah. So if you're not enjoying it, then fuck it. You know, no one's going to pay you to do it. So just do something else. Yeah, I think that's it's not a job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be a job. <laughs> In my case, yeah, like, I, know, I, I know what you mean, but it doesn't start out as a, it shouldn't start out as a job. It's not like someone's like, okay, here's a brief, figure out the product. Yeah. I mean, that's where the archaeology thing has been useful in my life, which is to dig through previous experiences that I found joyful and ask myself, why? Why did I enjoy that? You know, and I think that yeah. that is work. That's as valuable as a, that's like a photographer who shoots 10 rolls, you know, to use like, you know, 1990s parlance, but then like they look out over all of the film, sorry to use like, uh, like language that's now obsolete, but you look over all the the photos you shot and you select just the best ones. That archaeology, that like sitting with 
what you've what you've done i think is is important work to do no matter whether you're an artist or you're well uh, i think a good point you're making is that when you're going through a body of work that you've made and you start selecting yeah you're not worried about whether the work in the absolute sense is good or bad but that's you're right. comparing it to other works and yeah. that's maybe why the advice of just pick one thing and do as much of it as you can for a year you get into this zone where you're not worried about whether the project is good or bad but you're comparing things within the project but hope that helps someone no but i think you're right it doesn't really matter if it helps anyone but i do think like personally i can speak to experience where if i find myself drawing energy through that process i will continue but if i need to make adjustments i will lean into like and don't get me wrong like i'm working on projects right now where some aspects of it are tedious and i'm like why am i doing this right but then it's really great when I have a reminder that's like, oh, yeah, because I wanted to achieve, achieve this objective and I wanted to see how I would feel at the end of this, right? Like I wanted to be able to like go back and look at what I'd done and feel, you know, what was working and what wasn't working so that for my next project, I could adjust and do it differently, right? Sometimes hmm. it's like all feels good. A lot of times it all feels bad. That's called a retrospective in corporate parlance and it's like we do retrospectives after every major ship kind of day actually we do it after every sprint on some on a lot of teams which is like after two weeks of work look back what went well what didn't right make adjustments and then do two then do two more weeks you you have an interesting point there but and sorry to cut you off no it's okay it it seems that the the main problem in corporations for everyone i hear is like i wish i had some time to develop something but there's just no time because we're always answering messages yeah so all the energy goes into communication and not into actual focus and i think that's really crushing the soul because most people i talk to they love what their work is the actual work but they just all the politics and that's the same with most artists they don't want to go to openings and talk to people they just want to make the work yeah. And the same as in companies, it's like all these meetings, all these things, and I just want to focus and work on the UI and I want to work but this on is the a solved, and It's a solved problem. Like in companies, you form smaller teams with more well, focused goals. I think maybe they need more of you in, in the world. Because most people <laughs> I know are just horrified with the amount of things that they have to do. That do you want to know the number one reason, do. though, that teams get frustrated in software companies? Tell me. I will tell you. It's secrets revealed. Day. It's kombucha? It is a stakeholder that changes the goal or focus of a team arbitrarily. <laughs> okay. Why would that be frustrating? <laughs> We're right? going to work on flip-flops today. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's because... But I just worked on the UI for four weeks. Well, yeah. we're going to get rid of it. It flies in the face you. of everything we've discussed today. So, like, don't yeah. do that to yourself, you know, is kind of the, what I would recommend. Don't be the, the messy CEO. Don't be like the confusing, yeah, like boss to yourself where you're like, no, I changed my mind. I want it uh, red instead of black and uh, make it about sex instead of murder. <laughs> yeah. None of those things happen in software, but yeah. actually <laughs> that's a Facebook meeting for you. No, um, I know, I know. But yeah. it, it's, I think uh, it's very clear also with movies, which ones are focused and which ones are all over the place. And the- mm. I mean, I think it can be fine. And like as artists, we're given permission to experiment and just try things. So to yeah. your point earlier, now, yeah. Now I'm thinking of that movie we reviewed, The the Tree of Wooden Clogs. It seemed like a very focused movie. Meandering at times. Yeah, but still, <laughs> like it was there to convey that, that time and the yeah, power imbalance. And I think 
every second of the film was connected to the mission. Mm-hmm. And see how that that film review is serving its purpose in our podcast now. There you go. Go back and review that episode, folks. <laughs> Your answers are in the tree of wooden clogs. Exactly. Anyway, we're at time. Um, I actually like this question a lot and yeah. uh, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it went better than I thought. Not that the question was bad, I just didn't have a lot of faith in myself. And I got to say that Jeff Bezos and his brother are going to outer space together, which I think... Are uh, you joining I, them? Did you watch the video y- on Instagram? You should go as, as entertainment. Did you watch the Instagram video? No. Uh, it's, Is it cringy? It's so cringy. They like... They hug each other. You're like my best friend. I want. I wanted to go to space. I've wanted to do this since I was a kid. Of course, Does I want to go alike? with you, brother. They don't look alike. No, no. Huh. I, I'm, there's two Jeff Bezos things that are funny to me this week. That and then Bo Burningham came out with a comedy special on Netflix called Inside. Did you watch it yet, or have you watched it? No, I'm not. I tried. To, I don't like when he sings. But, or Bo no. Burnham. Um, yeah. And he, well, he has a funny song in it about Jeff Bezos. So that would be the only mm. thing to look up. And he's like. Cheerleading Jeff Bezos, like Jeff Bezos, you did it! You drank the blood of Bill Gates. <laughs> Good for you, Jeff Bezos. Uh, or he calls him Jeffrey Bezos. Yeah, that uh, is kind of wild. Like, uh, and you're as successful as Jeff Bezos, and you're running the company, and now he kind of lost focus because who who the fuck cares about space? He's just competing with the Elon Musk. Well, it's just a wealthy person that doesn't, yeah. Yeah, but it's it it seems to me that it's all about Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. He wants to be number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, I always it's think of, of of all the historical figures in tech getting together, and like, even the people that died, like Thomas Edison. And, yeah. Who, who know whoever invented the train and then and fire and all these people and then Mark Zuckerberg being there being like yeah I'm really rich but I don't really believe in my product I don't think they respect him as much though like no exactly I, like I think he's the least respected <laughs> like I, I always think Bill Gates is actually loves Windows and thinks that's the best operating system and I think Elon Musk is happy to drive a Tesla and I think yeah. you know Steve Jobs likes his iPhone but I I never thought that uh, Mark Zuckerberg would be an, a user of social media. He's not, he a, he's not a product visionary. He's not. He's he's not. He's not a product person. He's just a yeah douchebag, I guess. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Please send in questions. We still have. Oh, and you know what? We are supposed to read. Oh, our, we're, we have advertisements, but the advertisement needs to be a hundred words or less. And yeah, we had cut it in, in half. Ad. Yeah, we're going to get that. We're going to get ads back in because that's about helping people. I don't know. Um, I, I The thing about helping people made me think, I, I read this article once about the, the underlying philosophy of the Seinfeld sitcom. Mm-hmm. And, and the core philosophy is whenever they help people in that show, things go, things wrong. go wrong for mm-hmm. both parties, for the for the helper and the helpee. Yeah. And... Uh, that's I feel like that a lot. Like I've tried helping people also with art advice, and it just gets worse when I mm. try to help. I was going to say that's because it's like a white supremacist show, but <laughs> that's the wrong thing to say. You I think, think so? I, well, no, I think there there's maybe like... It's an asshole, selfish show. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think it's Larry David, Curb Your Enthusiasm, just you know, 20 years before Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Curb Your I Enthusiasm mean, it, is actually way better than Seinfeld, to, in my to, opinion. To think... To think that comedy should be showing the world as it should be, and that comedy should be—I thought com- the essence of comedy is pointing out that things are stupid. So, 
we don't have time for this that podcast yeah I'm like what is the essence it's another of podcast yeah yeah you know ask the question we can ask ridicule. ourselves that question ridicule <laughs> yeah anyways okay. well it's late thank you for listening thanks for listening take care bye bye